Hey, Karen. Hey, Nita. How's it going? Great. How are you? Doing okay. You uh, ready to do this? We're ready to do this. This is episode six, and we are going to be uh, talking about GOP and their um, inability to understand. Um, well, that for sure, but uh, yeah. racism actually does exist in this country. Uh, we're going to mm-hmm. talk a little bit about their immigration um, stunts and then also a very important topic of abortion. And hey, Bobby. Hey, special thanks to our Patreon uh, subscriber, Bobby Ferguson, uh, who happens to be related to Anita. Um, if you are interested in joining Bobby at the top tier um, and so that you can have your name called out every single episode, then you should jump on like and Bobby. subscribe. Yeah, be like Bobby. So we have um, a soundbite here in response to this notion that America is not a racist country. Right. It was on CNN. This is from CNN. Yes. And so this is uh, Natasha Alford, um, who is a journalist for The Grio and political analyst on um, CNN. And to improve us every day, which she never actually says, DeSantis says it, and I'm surprised at that because that's part of... Our proud history as Republicans, the fight against slavery well, and struggle. That, can I just say yeah. something, though? I mean, we talk about this as if it is the past. We are looking at, we've covered stories where people have died, have been killed because of racism. Jacksonville, Florida, the Dollar Tree shooting. I mean, this is happening mm-hmm. right now. And this is not just the black community, right? You, you, the Japanese internment. I mean, those families and descendants are still here. My last name is Alford, not because my family chose that last name. That is the name of the slaveholding family that owned us. I know the plantation that we are from in South Carolina, and I am here. My father desegregated a school. He remembers those things. So why do we have to talk about it as if it is past? This is right now. The pain is real. The survivors of racism, we are here, right? And so if you don't have a message around that, that talks about the future, that talks about the present, you cannot leave this country. Well, Republicans do have a message around it. And it's that, to and, ignore it. it it's no. to say that we are colorblind, no, which and, does not and, and, solve and it, the but, problem. But it is to say that we are undoubtedly a better and stronger nation on this front today than we were 10, 20, 40, 50, 150, 180 years ago. We are undoubtedly better as an American yeah. people than we ever have been, and and that will be true again tomorrow. And but that, why I think is that? that was the but point why is it? Making. It's not because we ignored it. It's because people called out what was uncomfortable, and they challenged the status quo, and they said we need to live up to what the American dream actually is. Those were the people who were demonized. We just celebrated Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King was killed. He was killed. He was not considered a favorite or a darling of America because he stood up against racism, against poverty. And actually, the greatest threat was that he was uniting poor white people, right, with poor people of color. 
That was the greatest threat to America, was that he was willing to bring us together. So again, we have to move past talking about this as if it is history, as if it's not happening right now. And when the Republican Party does this colorblind thing, you're gaslighting people. And they're gonna react to that and they're gonna show it at the polls. Yeah, that was that uh-huh. was really great, yeah. what she said. Because that's what they want to do. And by the way, that we don't know that represent that Republican's name. He's just like a generic Republican, just, yeah. basically. Yeah. So, um, yeah, what she said is absolutely true. You cannot just ignore it. Right. We didn't get here by ignoring it. No. By ignoring the problems that existed right. at that time and nowadays. Mm-hmm. They, they, because there are still problems with racism now. Yeah. We, we have, um, I was thinking about in 2012 when um, Trayvon Martin, mm-hmm. when Trayvon Martin was shot and killed by that George Zimmerman dude. And 65% of white Americans mm-hmm. felt that was justified. A 17-year-old carrying nothing but an iced tea and Skittles. Yep. And 65% of, black, of white Americans thought it was justified. And George Zimmerman wasn't even a cop. Mm-hmm. He was just some dude who, you know, trying to play cop. Right. And, of course, you know... <sighs> It just makes me think, too, that, you know, it is this um, thing where when that is the narrative that is being pushed by one of the two major political parties for decades and the Mm -hmm. mainstream media and the right wing media um, is. Well, we elected a black president. So, you know, yeah, there's no more racism. Sure. Yeah. Like there was no racism against Barack Obama. Right. Right. But it's, you know, the the thing that very important thing that she said, um, the greatest threat uh, to conservatives is poor white, black and brown people uniting. That is the biggest threat. And that is what um, Dr. King represented, as well as um, President Obama. The thing that they fear the most is Mm -hmm. poor people. Um, of all different ethnicities and races, right. um, a- acknowledging the fact that if we unite together, then mm-hmm. they have to work for us. You know. Well, yeah, that's kind of. I mean, they may have feared that, but the truth is, poor white folk are voting for Donald Trump. Yeah, not just poor white folk, rich white folk, because we've learned that poor white folk, yes, choose racism over their own best. Financial and economic interests. One hundred percent. But what? Yeah. That. But what I'm saying West is, Virginia, right? West Virginia, the poorest state of the country, right? Other than Miss, maybe Mississippi and West Virginia are tied. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. So what? No. What I'm saying though, what I'm saying in regards to that is, there are poor white people who vote against their own best interests because the Republican Party has has instilled in them you know, this fear of the other and they just completely have taken full advantage and and um, exploited their fear and racism. Right. Right. Well, they've that's what I'm saying. They've exploited the racism, you know. Yeah. And that all is hard to do. No, that's not hard to do. And when you are literally fear mongering all the time and throwing out racist dog whistles for, you know, decades. Right. Ever since the Civil Rights Act, then, um, yeah, I guess that's all that's needed. It's like these Trump voters that will not move away from him. You know, they're doing it. They they can't name one thing that Donald Trump did for them No. or what, you know. Yeah. They say such generic things mean nothing like yeah, uh, freedom, 
or, you know, I just feel better. Right. My life is better. Right. And they can never name what he did no. to improve their life. No. So, yeah, but the, the, the problem is, Karen, those people are not going to stop voting. Oh, I know. Again, against their own economic interests. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Yeah, no, those you know, people are not gettable. Those people are not gettable. It's the people that we were talking about um, in Iowa, you know, when they were interviewing them um, that are saying that if it's if it's Trump, that they will vote for uh, Joe Biden. Yeah. Donald Trump is so um, just unfit. Mm -hmm. And I think for most people who have any kind of, uh, you know, a a modicum of normality, I mean, yeah. just of sanity, mm-hmm. they see that. Right. If you if you go to his rallies, there's so much insanity. Those people live in a totally different world. Mm-hmm. They have no grasp of reality. They're delusional. Yeah, I don't know. Those people are ungettable. But you know, we can only we well, can only get the people who are open to, you know, who are basically we have to get the normal people. We have to get the sane people, the people who who put a, their country first to understand. The threat that Donald Trump poses to democracy, right? And then we deal with the other problems later. But right now, we have to save democracy. Yes, yes. And part of that is exposing people like uh, Nikki Haley, um, or uh, well, let's see, what is uh, Trump calling uh, Nimrata uh, Radawa, um, who um, you know she's she's out there and she's being treated um, by segments of mainstream media is being a moderate um, and being you know um, not as extreme. Um, but here and and of course you know talking about how racism you know doesn't exist. Well, the media, and, yeah, the media is desperate to find somebody yes. that's more normal than Donald Trump. I right. mean, they're calling if they're calling Nikki Haley moderate. They call like they'll call Mitch McConnell moderate. Right. Vice President Kamala Harris was on uh, The View and uh, she had something to say about Nikki and uh, Ronald McSantis. Nikki Haley, Mm. who, like you, is of Southeast Asian descent, said this week that this country has never been a racist country. So let me ask you directly. (laughs) <laughs> Do you agree that America has never been a racist country? You know, I, first of all, and, and I think everyone agrees, we all agree, um, the issue of race in America is not something that should be the subject of the soundbite. Mm. Right. The history of racism in America should never be the subject of a soundbite or a, a, a question that is meant to elicit a one-sentence answer. But there is no denying that we have in our history as a nation racism and that racism has played a role in the history of our nation. And when I think about it, I I think we all would agree that while um, it is part of our past and, and and we see vestiges of it today, we should also be committed collectively to not letting it define the future of our country. But we cannot get to a place of progress on the issue of race by denying the existence of racism, by denying the history of racism. 
to suggest that enslaved people benefited from slavery. We will not grow as a country to push that kind of approach and doctrine and misinformation. It is not in our best interest to evolve on the issue of race in America to suggest that the Civil War was prompted by anything other than slavery in America. It is not in the best interest of our progress as a nation to ban books and deny our children the ability to benefit from the knowledge of America's full history Mm -hmm. so that we can move toward progress. So it's unfortunate that, um, that there are some who would deny fact or overlook it actually as a nation we cannot progress really Mm -hmm. until we deal with racism yes what's happening is like i said these poor white people are voting against their own economic interest they will always put that first until we deal with it Mm -hmm. we have to address it head on Mm -hmm. because otherwise all these things that would benefit um, the uh, americans and all Mm -hmm. these republican voters who basically like most of them like we were talking about family leave, right? Yep. Like it's an 82% issue. Yeah. All, um, you know, universal health care. Yep. 80% issue. Yep. All these different things that are very, very popular, but these people don't vote for them. They vote for Republicans who use racism to get them to vote against their own economic interest. And until we deal with racism yeah. head on, yeah. we cannot progress as a country. Right. Well, and, and of course, you know, they use, um, the big cudgel now that they're using um, is uh, immigration, right? It's the same thing. Yeah. It's racism. Yep. I mean, these people, I was, I've always asked the question, what is it they're afraid of? We are at full employment. There mm-hmm. are jobs that need to be done that aren't being done. That's right. And, and, and a lot of places need workers. Right. We need workers in agriculture and the meat packing, packing. Right. I mean, and, and these are the hardest workers and all they do is they pay out, they end up, they pay their taxes, they pay for Social Security, mm-hmm. and they get nothing back. Right. And, and yeah, by the way, you know, I mean, the, you know, the same people that have a problem with migrants coming here and doing the work that uh, Americans don't want to do, you know, it also impacts the cost of, you know, produce. Oh, uh, and, and, yes, yeah. food and our, yes. yep. But, yeah, the truth is, though, it's all... Again, it's just racism. These people live mm-hmm. in fear. Do you did you hear Marjorie Trader Green? She was at, she went to an airport mm-hmm. and she said, "Oh my God, she saw so many illegals at the airport." No, what does she do? Go ask them for their documentation right. at the airport? No, no, she saw brown and black people that yes. looked like they were from other countries to her. Yes. So, you know, or, or Asian people, anybody that didn't look like you know her, right? So, yeah, these people, that's what they're talking that, that just gives the game away. They don't care about doing anything meaningful for Americans, whether it's their own voters, whether, you know, they don't care. They are there to completely divide yeah. and conquer. To, well, they're there to, you know, benefit billionaires and multinational corporations. And yep. that's it. That's it. And they're going to what they're using these issues to get people to vote against their own economic interest. And yep. they're falling for it every yep. time because these people are low information voters. Yep. The poorly educated, right. as Donald Trump says, I love the poorly educated. Well, that's why. Because right. the poorly educated people will fall for this stuff every time. Exactly. But I do feel like mainstream media is starting to kind of wake up a little bit. And certainly 
Um, you know, the Democrats are, you know, we talk about uh, de- Democratic messaging and how it needs to be better. But you have, you know, people like Eric Swalwell um, up mm-hmm. there or uh, Moskowitz up there just yep. kind of completely Jasmine calling Crockett. Jasmine yep. Crockett, you know, just calling it out, you know, for what it is. And that is, I mean... At least yeah. finally, like this is the difference between going into 2016 and going into this um, election this year. Um, so this is uh, Eric Swalwell. On immigration? Yeah, this is on immigration. Just recently on CNN, Jake Tapper asked Speaker Johnson, look, President Biden wants to give you more money at the border. Uh, would you take that? And, and Speaker Johnson said no. Again, just revealing and saying out loud what we all know, which is that they don't want to solve this problem. They they want to use it and exploit it and exploit victims so they have a political narrative. Senate negotiations are taking place right now where, in good faith, Democrats and Republicans are working to try and find more solutions uh, and more resources at the border. And that is dead on arrival here, where Republican colleagues have said out loud, we're never going to support that. That would help the president. They've actually said that. My Democratic colleagues want the fix. MAGA Republicans want the fiction. My Democratic colleagues want the fix. My MAGA colleagues want Fox. Well, apparently the Trumps themselves have been calling Republicans and threatening them mm-hmm. if they vote to, um, for this immigration bill. Yeah. And the Republican senators are like, we're not going to get anything better. I'm not happy with this immigration bill, okay? It doesn't have a pathway to citizenship. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different things in it that I don't like. Right. But the, we have to get something passed, get it off the table, and come back to it when Democrats are in control. Again, when people get out and vote for Democrats, right. we can actually do something to fix that. Give the dreamers, mm-hmm. you know, a pathway to, for, for sure, a pathway yeah. to citizenship. And also the other 11 or 12 million um, non-undocumented that are here, yeah. that are working you know, doing their part right. for, you know, their themselves and their families. Yes. And by the way, they're very, the, immigrants start their own businesses at a much higher rate mm-hmm. than Americans that have been here. That's just a fact. Yeah. You can, you can go over here where we have a lot of um, newly arrived, I guess, Hispanic families. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like, they have their own, they have a bunch of stores. You've seen it before. You probably see it in Chicago. Yeah. Don't stores. They open tire shops. Yeah. Um, mechanics. Yep. You know, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we've said it before, you know, immigration was cited as one of the um, uh, components to this miraculous uh, economic recovery after, you know, post COVID. So, I mean, you know, the, oh, and, that's and, right. you yeah. know, and, and the Republicans, you know, with their stunts, you know, sending their little, you know, with their little junket down, you know, where they said that they saw yeah. all these people, you know, um, at the border trying to get in. And, you know, I but, just, I, but yet I, they don't want to do anything. They no. don't want to do anything. No. They come down here for this stupid little photo op. Right. And yet when Joe Biden offers them $14 billion, they're like, yep. no, yeah. no, that yeah. won't help. And it was for border security. Yeah. It was for a, a lot of stuff like technical stuff. Yeah. This new um, new stuff that's coming out mm-hmm. for border security. Yeah. So that they can, they can find fentanyl. Remember right. they always, they, they oh, yeah. talk, sure. talk about fentanyl. Like yeah. they care so much about that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, again, it's just like they love to have these um, wedge issues and these things that just completely excite their base. But, you know, they're just they're not for solutions. They're there to create more chaos and and use cruelty. um, And, you know, just let's own the libs. Let's go ahead and load a bunch of people and bust them across state lines. And drop yeah. them off in the middle of winter in places like Chicago or, you know, the surrounding suburbs, you know, yeah. just to stick it to the, you know, the. Uh, in the meantime, limbs. Joe Biden is trying to send yeah. money to places like Chicago and places right. like New York. And they're saying no. I mean, J- J- Jasmine Crockett talked about that. Yeah. But this is as old as America. Right. Okay? We've always had a certain segment of, of our population that mm-hmm. lives in fear of anybody else yes. once they're here yep let's just shut the doors these people have never been they have always been on the wrong side of history because these immigrants make us better that's who we are right we're a land of immigrants right there was no will by the american people to get involved in world war Two. but the difference is now now we have like a political party that is enacting racist policy and 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 using dog whistles you know they're not even pretending anymore they didn't pretend then either no i mean it was look to people that were paying attention you know and but like the people that are waking up to the republican party and like Mm -hmm. there was somebody on today um you know that was talking about the fact that it was you know basically still pushing this thing that donald trump somehow changed the republican party or change conservatives no, or whatever. He unmasked, he unmasked yeah. them. Like, this has mm-hmm. always been going on. And so, you know, it is kind of like even with these ex-Republicans or, you know, people who identify as independents, it's like, where the hell have you guys been? This has been yeah. so obvious to You'll all You'll see of us. a lot of the people that criticize him yeah. criticize him because he says the quiet part out loud. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, the Republican Party... They sold their soul back after the 1964, 1965 yeah. yep. Voting Rights Act and Civil Rights Act. Mm-hmm. They decided to go with the Southern strategy. Yeah. So they took all these Southern racist Democrats. Right. And they, you know, brought them back into the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. That's why the whole South is Republican now. Yeah. When it was Democrat then, because when we were the party of segregation, the party of racism, the party of the KKK. Right. You know, we had... The, the, the southern United States. Right. But when they when they became that, you know, when we said no and LBJ, to his credit, who's mm-hmm. from Texas, mm-hmm. um, signed the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act, mm-hmm. they started fleeing. And he knew that was going to happen. Right. We talked about a generation. It's been way more than a generation now. Yeah. By, this, by now. Yeah. But um, yeah, they sold their soul. Yeah. Um, well, there was, you know, and of course, we keep talking about the alpha liberals and, you know, that um, the Republicans are giving their own game away. But um, we also have some uh, great people on our side that are speaking truth to power. Um, so I have here Congressman Jared Moskowitz um, speaking about uh, yeah. the MAGA Republicans and how they're refusing to help to fix um, the issues at the border. By the way, they don't want to solve this issue either. Again, Don't listen to me. Just listen to the speaker who was caught on a call the other day saying that we can't solve the border crisis until after the election. By the way, here's Congressman Troy Niels giving it all away. Giving it all away. Let's read this. Let me tell you, when he's talking about immigration, 
Let me tell you, I'm not willing to do a darn thing right now to help a Democrat, to help Joe Biden's approval rating. I will not help the Democrats try to improve this man's dismal approved ratings. I'm not going to do it. He's saying he's not going to do anything on the border. And he's from Texas, which needs help. He's not going to do anything because he doesn't want to give Joe Biden a win. You have members of this committee that have threatened to vacate the speaker again if they do anything on the border. Senator John Thune has said this is a unique opportunity. He said when Trump was president and Republicans controlled both chambers, they couldn't get done the policies that are being discussed now. So look, I'm willing to do stuff on the border. I'm willing to do it. But they're not willing to do it because they're doing what people hate about this place. They want to use it to raise money. They want to use it to politicize it. But they don't want to solve the issue. And they're just giving and that's them. That's the bottom line. That's yeah. the bottom line. And they're just giving them more and more uh, content to use in political ads. So this is the thing: when people get really nervous about the polling numbers or whatever, just mm-hmm. wait because more of this kind of soundbite is going to get out there. And it is imperative on all of us to make sure that we share this. Um, you know, make stuff like this go viral on social media. You know, yeah, and it's important that we have representatives that are, you know, saying it out loud. Now, I don't, I don't know if they used to do that. Right. I don't think they did. No, they would always give them the benefit of the doubt that Republicans were right. acting honorably. Yeah, that they were, they weren't, you know, just trying to use this for political. And and in some ways, back then you had some Republicans that were pro-immigration. George W. Bush was pro-immigration. Ronald yeah. Reagan was pro-immigration. Because guess what? Corporate America is pro-immigration. I mean. <laughs> If For you, the wrong reasons, but whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we couldn't do this without our loyal listeners and love hearing from you. So please give us some stars and a review if you are so inclined wherever you get this podcast. True Blue Politics is sponsored by our wonderful True Blue crew of listeners and our supporters on Patreon. As a small startup podcast, our Patreon members help to pay the bills to keep our podcast running and also allow us to keep investing in equipment upgrades for even better quality content in the future. When you sign up as a monthly True Blue Crew member at even just $5, you instantly unlock our private True Blue pod chat and full episodes a day earlier than everyone else without ads in the middle. Upwards from there, we've made even more perks available, like having your name shouted out at the end of our show and a personal Zoom call with me and Anita to discuss ways to overthrow the GOP. If you would like to become a Patreon subscriber at any level, go to patreon.com slash truebluepolitics. That's T-R-U-B-L-U politics podcast. This episode of True Blue Politics is brought to you by Night Sky Woodworks, featuring gorgeous products like cutting boards, cheese and charcuterie boards, and beautiful tea light holders, all finely handcrafted in their Chicago, Illinois woodshop, all of which have eye-catching designs and make the perfect complementary piece for any kitchen or living room. Check out their in-stock designs today or message your custom order request on their Etsy shop today by visiting etsy.com slash shop slash night sky, N-I-T-E-S-K-Y-E, woodworks. 
So um, we had some other um, things, of course, and this is, I think, going to be the number one topic leading all the way through 2024 until the general election, and that is the issue of abortion. Yes. And people need to understand how that ties in with democracy, because if we don't have democracy, we don't have rights. And they can take away those rights at any time. Yeah. Yeah. So we have to we have to fight for democracy yeah. So that we can keep the rights that we have and and add to them, we have to protect abortion, reproductive rights, reproductive yeah. freedom right. for women. Right. And I mean, it, and you know, so I mean, there's so many things. Like you know, when we talked about, you know, they've already gone ahead and overturned Roe, and there's we know that the majority of Americans uh, believe that there should be safe um, access for women, um, free access for women. Um, you know, unfettered, I guess is the word, um, access to reproductive health care in this country. And yet, you know, we have these Republicans that are talking about, you know, yeah, the birth control you know, is under um, threat. Mifepristone, access to Mifepristone, taking it to the Supreme Court. Um, And then the other thing, and, you know, we um, had talked about this a little bit, um, Senator Tammy Duckworth from the great state of Illinois. There's an article in Forbes magazine that is, uh, she has an act dubbed the Access to Family Building Act, um, would establish a statutory right to access IVF and other assisted reproductive technology for every American, regardless of the state they live in. Yeah. You know what? If you live in a state like I do in Texas, you've actually thought about that. You're afraid to have an IUD, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know people personally that have been concerned about that Mm -hmm. um, because there's a lot of women especially like women who may have waited, you know, past 35 or something. Yeah. Um, to have children that some, that they need IVF. Right. And, um, it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting because most of the people that IVF is expensive (laughs) and it affects a lot of Republican women. Yeah. Not just democratic women. So we've already seen this, that Republican women are coming out, to, to protect reproductive freedom. Right. And I hope that's the case here in Texas. I really do. I hope that people, these women, there's got to be, there's a backlash to all these these women coming out with their stories, like mm-hmm. Kate Cox and those other five um, women who came mm-hmm. out with their stories yep. and sued the state of Texas. Yep. So hopefully, you know, things will change, but well, you know, we don't get ballot initiatives here. No, no. And I mean, and, you know, this is the thing I think that, you know, the Republicans um, and conservatives didn't seem to be able to grasp is that once this did happen, um, that it wasn't just going to be, you know, you leave it to the states and it's like, you know, herding squirrels. You know, I mean, it's like every single state is taking um, the overturning of Roe to an extreme, you know, like one more extreme measure after another, after yeah. another, you know? Yeah. You don't know when, when they're going to stop. And by the way, they're going to stop once they get a national ban. Yep. So we, we talked about this. Do you have, um, there's this, there was an article about this, mm-hmm. um, how they're planning on using the Comstock, Comstock act, yes. which is an old, old law that was used a long time ago. Yeah. I don't remember, I don't know the exact date, but it was probably mm-hmm. in the 1800s they mm-hmm. they wrote it and um, to stop any kind of abortion devices or products from being shipped. That's what they're using now yep. to stop the metapristone. Yep. So 
the reason why nobody, this was kind of like a dead law was because of Roe v. Wade. Now there's no Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. So there's a fear that a, if a Republican gets in, yep. Donald Trump for sure, yep. this is what they're planning to do, to use the Comstat Act mm-hmm. to stop women from having abortions everywhere. The na- Like basically a national yep. ban. Yeah. And I mean, you know, they uh, thank God, Biden, there was a um, the article um, in Politicusa. um, We will link to that. Um, But yeah, anti-abortion activists have their eyes on a bigger prize. If former President Donald Trump wins a second term in the White House, they hope and expect that he'll effectively ban abortions throughout the United States by prohibiting the shipment, not just of abortion drugs, but any tools doctors could use to induce an abortion. So so you have you there in New York, you there in Illinois, you there mm-hmm. in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you might feel like, oh, it's just those, these crazy Southern states, yep. you know, fascist states like my state. Yeah. That are doing this. Yeah. But they're coming for you. Yep. Yeah. They're going to come. They're going to. That's what they want. That mm-hmm. is their goal. Yeah. And then they come for then they come for the birth control. Yeah. Remember, Republicans did not vote the majority, the vast majority. I think there was only a couple of Republicans that voted to protect contraception. Yeah. So. No, they're, they're not going to stop. I mean, they're, they're, we've been seeing the writing on the wall for a very long time. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the, the, Error in our judgment was thinking that this was all just kind of going to be the issue that they ran on. They would trod that out, you know, much like they have trod it. Now, now their immigration is the the go to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, no. Yeah, they're going to do this. We yep. now they realize but they don't care that the majority of Americans do not want mm-hmm. to ban abortion. Nope. They don't care. Look nope. at how they do. Look with guns. Right. The vast majority of Americans want stricter um, background checks. They want to ban the the uh, assault rifles. Right. There's all kinds of things that the majority, 80, 90 percent of Americans want that the Republicans just vote against every time. They don't care what the American people because they don't believe in democracy. Right. Well, all right. So um, we have a, a few of the sound bites. You know, uh, there were hearings, of course. Um, Jessica Valenti was um, testifying. I wanted to use my time here to stress that this incredible suffering, this cruelty that treats American women as less than human, is all by design. Despite Republican assurances that cases like Dr. Denard's are the result of legislative growing pains or doctors simply not understanding the law, despite claims that their bans just need to be tweaked or clarified, I want to make clear that all of this pain and suffering was not just expected. It was planned for. Anti-abortion lawmakers and activists would have voters believe that they had no idea that this is what post-America, post-Roe America would look like. But they had 50 years to plan for this moment, and they made that plan carefully, strategically, and callously. Every raped child forced to give birth Every cancer patient denied care, and every woman arrested after having a miscarriage was accounted for and strategized over. But with Americans getting angrier and angrier at what abortion bans are doing to their families and communities, Republicans are desperate to hide that truth from voters. They need us to believe that they're not the cruel extremists that their laws show them to be. And they certainly don't want us to know that they planned for women's deaths in the same way they strategize over a talking point or a poll. And I mean that literally. For months, I have been tracking a conservative campaign to sow distrust in maternal mortality numbers. 
Republicans know that the data is going to show that their laws kill women, so they're preemptively claiming that maternal death numbers aren't accurate. Some states have even disbanded their maternal death review committees entirely, and because the people most likely to die are the most marginalized among us, their hope is that no one will care. I've also documented how the anti-abortion movement laid the groundwork over months to blame doctors for women's deaths, as if the people working under threat of losing their license or jail time are the problem, and not the laws that prevent them from doing their jobs. All of which is to say, when Republicans feign surprise or compassion over post-Row horror stories, they are lying. They knew that women would suffer and die as a result of their laws. They decided it was a trade-off worth making, and everything they've done since Roe was overturned has been in service of hiding that fact. They don't care if women die because they think that if a woman dies, you know, in childbirth, then somehow she's a failure. Yeah. I mean, seriously, they, they do not like they, they do not respect women. They right. don't view them as equal. So that was Patty Murray's um, Senate hearing, by the way. Yes. Yes. Yep. So, yeah, that was an interesting hearing. Um very enlightening. Yes. Yeah. So many important voices. And I know that these are longer recordings, but I feel like it is yeah. so important, everything that they say, you know, so it's like, I don't want to like shorten these at all, because it is like, this is exactly what we need to make people aware of, that this is the kind of stuff that's going on. And these are the conversations that mm -hmm. are being had in Washington, you know, by people who are trying to fight for our rights, for women, you know, to be able freedom. to, for freedom, exactly right. So here, I'm going to play a little bit. Play the, uh, Dr. Austin Denard. Yes, the doctor um, in Texas. Yes, yeah. so here we go. My home state had stripped me of my own reproductive rights while simultaneously disassembling the most important foundation of a doctor-patient relationship, trust and open, honest communication. My mind began to spin. Where am I going to go? Who is going to take care of me? Who will take care of my children when I'm gone? What about my patients? What is this is the last time I ever get to be pregnant? <sighs> because of Texas's new laws, we were afraid to use a credit card or tell people where we were going so suddenly to the East Coast for fear that our ability to practice medicine would be compromised. It was absolutely humiliating, and I felt physically and emotionally broken. As an OBGYN, I know firsthand that everyone's reason for needing an abortion is valid and personal. Even planned, prayed-for pregnancies can end in abortion. I have seen abortion save lives. And for me, the physical and emotional risk of carrying a pregnancy to term, one that had no chance of survival, was just something I could not fathom. But since the fall of Roe, abortions that were written by politicians, abortion laws written by politicians, not by doctors, had made the decision for me. So long as I remained on Texas soil, I was to remain pregnant forced pregnancy, forced delivery, forced to watch him die, either in my womb or in my arms. Yeah, that was powerful. 
She's a doctor who was mm-hmm. found herself pregnant. Yep. And with the pregnancy that was non-viable. Yep. So she had to go out of state and she had to hide their identity. Yes. Because it was so, you know, she was afraid that they would come after her. Yep. You know, there's the bounty laws here in Texas. Yep. Or she would lose her medical license. I mean, this is this is just God. This 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 is real and this is something that, you know, uh, I still don't know who needs to hear this, um, but this is exactly, and, you know, just for the, you know, that, that article that talked about how Biden is warning about how they are going to use the Comstock Act, you know, in order to um, make this a national ban on abortion. So oh, it yeah. doesn't matter, you know, if your state has, you know, codified row into law um they're going to they are going to find every way that they can to completely and, take it away from us and if you don't have the instruments to perform an abortion in an emergency yes. situation yep those women will die yes no matter what state you're in exactly right i don't know how much more there is to say about this issue because yeah <laughs> look i mean we have to keep talking about the stories because the stories Keep changing. They're the, they're the same stories over and over again, but they're different faces. Yeah, and different, you know, right? Um, experiences. Like yeah. this woman happened to be a doctor. Yeah, she was an OBGYN. Yep, yep. And this is the thing, and we keep talking about this. This is, you know, it is early. It is early. It's. I feel like we should have been sounding these alarms all along. You know, for the last se- you know few years, for sure. Um, you well, know, Rachel but even, has been trying. To, yeah, 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 she has. But you know, but this is the thing. How you know that this is a big issue is because people like Kaylee McInerney um, are mm-hmm. on Fox News. Vice President Harris's appearance on The View, I guess, you know, caught her attention. Um, and mm-hmm. so it was powerful for young people and young women. The GOP has lost every single abortion ballot initiative post row. Let's listen to her real quick. I disagreed with almost everything she said in this interview. I will say it was one of her better interviews when it came to style because she knows what is true, which is the GOP has lost every single abortion ballot initiative post row, every single one. Ohio, Kansas, not only that record turnout, Vox, more Kansas voted on abortion referendum than in any primary election in Kansas history. New York Times, twice as many people voted on Ohio measure that cast ballots in primaries for governor, Senate, and House. She knows abortion ballot initiatives will be on 10 states at least and swing states. So she wants to drive young women to the polls. This is why I've implored the GOP as someone who is pro-life myself and adamantly so, speak from a place of compassion because what Kamala is doing, right or wrong, is very powerful among young women. So speak compassionately. Speak from a place of compassion. Yes. Yeah. You know what? She may be very pro-life. Yeah. But that's fine. She can be pro-life, but she doesn't get to, the government should not be telling women, forcing women to continue pregnancies or give birth. Yeah. It's not the government's business. No. No, that's the point. It has. I don't care what she thinks. No. But the fact that it's just like, oh, as long as we speak about it compassionately. I don't even know what she means by that. No. What, what does she mean by compassion? Yeah, exactly. That, you like, know, oh, we're so sorry. We're so sorry that we're fucking you women and, and taking, pro- making you second class citizens. We're so sorry. And, and the whole pro-life thing is such a farce. Of course. I mean, they're, they don't care about the kids that drown here in Texas. No. 
But I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Kelly McEnany doesn't care about them. No, they sure as the shit. Don't. No, they sure as the shit don't care about the children that were separated from their parents with zero or, tolerance. Or the, all the kids that were killed in Uvalde. Or, yep. Or Parkland. Or Sandy or, Hook. Or yeah, Parkland. Exactly. No, it's so, just, it's, you know, I, it's just, shut the fuck up yeah. about compassion. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm being pro-life. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. No, fuck that shit. Um, okay. So Anita, we put out on social media and, um, I believe in the Patreon as well, um, questions to our listeners, you know, for us. And so, okay, interest- I'm ready. Okay. Ready. Interested to know, uh, your thoughts on a, whether either of the Jack Smith trials will happen prior to the election and B, mm. what are the chances of Trump getting back into the Oval Office? I don't know. Uh, the only trial that will probably that might happen before the election would be the January 6th case, mm-hmm. because we've got Judge Cannon over there with the espionage case. Right. Right. Who's stalling as much as she can. Yes. Um, so that may because it's I think it's scheduled for it was scheduled for March. March. But they've already. Yes. There's already been like a, a snap, a yep. snafu, like um, yeah. um, Chuck Nick postponed it for him to for that immunity hearing right the supreme court to come down with the immunity ruling right right so um i think that will push it back to may let's hope so yeah but you know even so we need to just concentrate on beating donald trump yep. period yep do i think he can win um do i think he will win i think they they asked that no i don't i think yep. that i think um the word is out he mm-hmm. wants to be a dictator and you know he's not helping himself any no, he just keeps stepping in it, and he keeps like today or yes, last night at his rally, he just sounded insane. He just continues to sound even worse, more and more unstable. Mm-hmm. He's already he was already unstable, mm-hmm. so he had nowhere else to go but down, and it's been pretty scary. I'm right there with you. Um, I think yeah. that that probably is. Um, there's just too many things, and he's using his usual um, stall tactics. So yeah, I do think that. Um, it is probably the January 6th has the best chance of um, getting uh, getting out there um, prior to the uh, election. And then um, what are the chances? Yeah. Um, well, look, I mean, of course, I can't even go there in my head most we days. Can't but, say that they're not existing. But, but, but yeah. yeah. But at the same time, I do believe that um, – when they talk about the percentage of the Republican Party that still supports Donald Trump, I don't think that that number is certainly as big as it was. I think that they have lost a lot of people. He's not winning anybody over. Um, mm-hmm. And I think every day that he's out there and every time that we get those sound bites out there um, mm-hmm. and and show how uh, completely unfit he is. Unfit he is. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, just with all of this stuff, the reactions to the lawsuits, he just keeps talking and just turning off people oh, more I know. and he's more. Losing it. Yeah, he's, he's losing it. Right, and he's front and, and center. So no, I. So I. Do, what are the chances? I don't think that they're. Um, I don't think that. I think there's slim that he's going to get in there. But having said that, for God's sakes, people, let's don't not stop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah this is from Bill Likes Guitars. Why does the U.S. corporate media treat Trump as if he were normal? Because that, that's the only thing they know how to do. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to react. They don't know how to report on somebody this strange, this unfit, this grotesque. 
Mm-hmm. This dishonest, yeah. corrupt. They don't know. They don't know what to do. Yeah, we've never. Okay, we've never seen this before. But you know, um, I can see where they were kind of like trying to figure out how to adjust and how to cover this poo flinging chimpanzee. But the thing of it is, we have had four freaking years. Okay, the fact that these people do not know how to treat this or know how to cover him, um, other than he is an absolute threat to our democracy and to this country, um, I don't understand. I don't understand how they can pretend like this is not he is not a clear and present danger in the Republican Party. He's a clear and present danger to them. Yep. I mean, there will be no more free press. Right. So, yeah. you know, I don't, I, that's how did, the, that's how did they not I, see I don't that? Understand. How did they yeah. not see that? So, yeah, good. Um, no, I, I, it's a head scratcher. Bill likes guitars. So here's, here's another one. Um, uh, Eli's dog fart. Um, like the, like the name. I like that one. So, uh, when does his name get removed from the monstrosity at 401 Wabash? I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I am hoping that, um, sooner than later. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see how it's going to stay up there indefinitely. So, uh, but when it comes down, who knows? Yeah. Is there, is there some, like people should at least like graffiti all over it or something. I mean, please shouldn't be seriously. Yeah. Left alone. Yep. So, um, Anita, I wanted to leave you um, a little feel-good piece from Lincoln Project to uh, mock. And apparently they were trolling uh, Trump uh, supporters at a Trump rally recently with this. Mm -hmm. So this is uh, the latest uh, from the Lincoln Project. And on the eighth day, God looked down on his planned paradise and said, I need a man to test the will and goodness of a free people. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man who failed in everything but theft and broken promises to live in a golden palace and convince the poor he serves their needs. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a wicked man to lead the common folk with hatred and fear. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a corrupt man who is above the law and immune from justice. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man who will use violence to seize power. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man whose followers will call black white, call evil good, and call criminals hostages. So God made a dictator. God said, I need his political party to obey without question, and the press fear his wrath. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a cruel man who uses his power and position to punish and harm his opposition. So God made a dictator. God said, I need a man who breaks the faith of even his most godly followers and leads them to idolatry, place him above me. So God made a dictator. And then God said, I sent this man to test you, and until you cast him down, you have failed. So God made a dictator. Yeah, my favorite part of that is when he talks about testing them, because he kind of turns it on them, turns their stupid, you know, God complex with Donald Trump, which is so ridiculous and blasphemous. Yeah. On its head, yeah. yeah. And I heard it made them, it made them very angry because I was listening to the Lincoln Project podcast, and mm-hmm. they were talking about how much hate they got for yeah. that from the from MAGA, yeah. Which you know, which made them very happy. Absolutely, this is and this yeah. is the thing: the lunatics are gonna, you know, it's gonna make them extremely angry. But you know what? It's gonna strike a chord in people who are 
you know, <laughs> rational, sane people that ha- are sick and tired of Donald Trump and just want him to go away. He is a national nightmare. And the Republican Party, you know, and these voters, I mean, it's like we can't do it. The leadership is apparently all in. And like, you know, the fact that Mitch McConnell, of all people, signed that that uh, amicus brief, you know, brief that went to. Did he really? Yes. He signed that for the immunity thing? Oh, my yes. God. Or was it for the Colorado case? No. I think it was the Colorado case. There was, I'm pretty sure. Okay. They signed an amicus brief about taking Donald Trump off the ballot. I'm not as upset about that as the immunity thing. I wonder how many of them yeah. are going to go along with that. Though. Right. Yeah, it was for the ballot. Yeah, that's right. It was for the ballot. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, but no. Mitch McConnell freaking knows. And it pisses me off once again. These freaking Republicans that sit there and keep flipping the script. First, we can't, you know, we can't well, um we can't convict them. We have to leave it to the voters. They are constantly doing that. Oh yeah. January after January 6th, they, yeah. so many of them said this was their excuse that let the courts do, yep. you know, do it. Yep. Um, it's not for us. Yep. The courts will handle this. Yep. And then, of course, once the courts start handling it, or when the courts say, "Hey, yeah, an insurrection, insurrectionist should not be on the ballot. Right. It's against our constitution. Right. Then it's like, no, the courts shouldn't be telling us that. Exactly. Us what it's to do. like yeah. just go fuck yourself. So, like I again, know. it's like the Republican leadership. Okay. It's like, but the but the thing of it is that there are voters out there that are hearing this and are seeing you know seeing the flip-flopping and the all this other stuff and they're they've already said hey listen if it's not if it's trump we're voting for joe biden we're not going to vote yeah, for Donald that trump. Man, yeah yeah i'm hearing you know anecdotally yeah like there was the guy in iowa they and a ron DeSantis voter mm-hmm. who said if trump wins a nomination who are you yeah. gonna they asked him who are you gonna vote for and he goes joe biden yeah I heard a story from Florida when they were uh, canvassing for that candidate, that uh, Republican candidate mm-hmm. there with the Democrat one. Yep. And they were canvassing there. Yep. And they said, you know, the lady that answered said, look, I can't vote for a Republican the way you guys have behaved. Yep. Your behavior is just, you know, yeah. too abhorrent. Yep. And, and the have- guy, the canvasser said, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Because really, the Republicans have really, really soiled their oh reputation. yeah without a and doubt. they continue to support donald trump yep so anyway but yeah but we got to keep up the awareness and we've got to keep sounding the alarms that's right right keep fighting for democracy that's right doing what we can exactly. whether it's postcards or whether yep. it's podcasts yep. or whatever you can do yep absolutely talk to your friends and family and mm-hmm. anita it has been great talking to you and it's been uh, great talking to you karen and like uh, always let's do it again soon Okay. We're going to see you next time. time. Okay. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.